Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. But very pleased that my first guest this week, well, he needs very little introduction, to be honest, but this is how things are going this season so far. And it's a second King George for Flanders Ovo under Sam Tristan Davis and number 11 for trainer Paul Nichols. Pink Dory is between the Panthers. Trio going to hit the line together. Pink Dory, Remelux, Valentine, Ciel, Delage. Super soon finishing with a wet sail. Give me a copper trying to clear off. A thundering finish. Give me a copper last in it is Time White trying to see off Anna Bonina, and Time White has got the better of Anna Bonina and group stage and won the Scottish Triumph. And Sir Psycho looks a smart juvenile. He's going to continue Paul Meckel's record in this race and win decisively. They run up to the line, Keldestan and Harry Compton leading by two, and they stay in front to win. They've got another 100 yards to go. It is Rodon who's out in front, and Rodon and Brightly Frost win. I think it's safe to say, champion trainer Paul Nichols, it never gets old, does it? It never gets uh, old. You're still uh, enjoying it. Uh, uh, I probably enjoy it more than ever. It's like seeing those um, clips from this year. Bit of a slow start, but you know, picking up well now and winning plenty of good races. And yeah, absolutely love it. And of course, we spoke this time last <coughs> year in these very seats. I've seen you plenty since, mm. but you were you were trying to get the championship back mm. then. Now you've got it. Of course, you're putting the pressure on yourself to keep it again. Of course, you do. Um, you know, especially this time of year when it's you know, you know he's always close and it's not that long left of the season. Um, you know, it's like anything. If it, like the football teams, if they win the Premiership, they're going to want to try and win it again the year after. You could, you, but at the same time, you know, there's lots of wonderful races to win, and that's mm. what you're trying to do week in, week out. And you've taken the approach really the last few seasons that mm. it's about the season as a whole. You yeah. look at the season as a whole and try and find opportunities. Yeah. Everywhere, yes, yeah. Cheltenham, yeah. but everywhere yeah. else as well. Is yeah. that fair? Yeah, you have to. Um, you know, there's so many good races either side of Cheltenham um, and all through the season. You've got to, you know, you can't just focus just entirely on Cheltenham. We try and just focus on Cheltenham with also we think are good enough to go there and warrant being there. The others are better off going elsewhere. And there's lots of fantastic races from Cheltenham through the end of March and through April that are there to be won. And it seems silly not to start with this horse mm. because he dominates the front page of the mm. Racing Post today. Solo out on his own. Nichols' new star shoots to the top of the Triumph Hurdle market. And if there's mm. anything that excites us in this game, it's a young horse mm. who's unbeaten and pretty unexposed, making a really mm. startling, sparkling impression. That's exactly what he did. That must have given you a bit of a kick yesterday. Yeah, it was brilliant. He's, I mean, he's always excited us. Um, he's always shown us he's a lovely, lovely horse. Um, he did what we'd hoped he'd do, but you know, had so much experience with some of the French horses coming over with a reputation and not, not acclimatising that first year and sort of blown out on their first run. Until they, you actually see them do it, you're not sure, but that was a fantastic performance yesterday. He just looked very easy and yeah. rhythmic and laid back. He is, that's a great thing you said, it. he's laid back, he's class, he jumps great, he's, you know, he takes loads and loads of work, which is good, and he's just a proper horse. How confident were you going into yesterday? If he didn't sort of, uh, as a cool blowout, because he he wasn't acclimatised, I thought he would win. I thought he was going to win at Wincanton last week if he had been on there, which was going to be telling us where we're going to go. This has worked out a lot better. Um, you know, a lot of the horses, like Pick Dory came over from last year with big reputation around the trunk, but he'd run seven or eight times and had a hard time for 18 months. This lad had only had two runs. 
and some big and strong horses. He, 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 we've been able to train him. That's a big thing. We've been able to train him how we want. The others, you have to be really careful because they're normally very lean and light and not ready to be trained where he is. Uh, there are so many horses for sale in mm. France. Mm. Uh, how do you find the right ones? Well, you just got to keep looking. I mean, Claude Charlet and Geoffrey Hewitt picked this one out. He was second on his first run to a horse we've got called Strat Stratagem. Obviously, a super run first time. We weren't expecting him to win, and he, he travelled well and stayed on. And the next day, he improved again, and he won 15 lengths. And I remember watching it and texting Johnny straight away and said, we better be buying that. And he said, don't worry, we're already on it. And, mm. you know, you see a horse like that, you've got to be trying to buy it. But the competition is, is, is obviously tough. Everybody wants to try and buy those horses. But... um. Joffrey managed to do a deal with the owners and, and we bought him. Yeah, you've talked about that before, how for that period mm. after the mm. great horses at Ditch, it, it, you were struggling to get a, mm. a toehold into, mm. into some of those big French operations. You've evidently got that back again. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard because there is such competition and they, they don't all work out like Pic Dorian, like him. Obviously, I mean, everybody finds that, but, um, you know, they're there. you just got to work hard at trying to find them. And, um, you know, the minute he came into the yard, that horse, I hadn't seen him beforehand, just the videos. I texted Johnny and said, this is a proper horse, this is what we want. You know, he's a big chasing type, he's by Capguard, who's a Sarah Clanders about. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love Capguard, and that's the type of horse you want. But, you know, as I said, everybody does as well, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not easy to get. You mentioned Clanders Obo. Uh, would it be fair to say that if there's one thing you really want, it's another Gold Cup? That that, that is yeah. an overarching yeah. ambition beyond anything else? Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, I've been very lucky to have won four. I think the most anyone's ever trained is five. I think it was Fault Warner, Vincent O'Brien. You can correct me on I'm sure they've both won five Gold Cups. It'd be nice to win a fifth Gold Cup, obviously, yeah. It'd be wonderful. And especially for my landlord, I know he put so much into it. The Gold Cup is what his life's all about. He's been very lucky to have won two with Denman and Seymour Business, but if we could ever win a third one for him and the horse he's involved in with Jed and Alex Ferguson, it would be great. And so I'm fingers crossed, Glandeso, but everything goes right for the next fortnight. Normally speaking, a runaway King George winner would be, mm. if not dominating mm. the market for King George, at least up there in the, mm. the first three in the betting. Now, he's not. Should he be? He doesn't know what price is. I think it's a very open race amongst the top four or five. He's definitely in the form of his life, and he's definitely better than he was last year. And everyone says he's got a, not a great Cheltenham record, which probably goes against him, but actually, it has, if you look at it closely, he should never run in the Triumph. He was the wrong type of horse to run in the Triumph. That was just... You know, on his killing time for the next year, he he was being ahead in the dip and novice chase by I think Whisper ran very well, carried eleven stone twelve as a five-year-old in the Caspian Cavalier Gold Cup and was second, and he was half the horse then, and he ran a blinder in last year's Gold Cup. Um, so what what do you make of last year's Gold Cup then? What do you think he did right and wrong? Well, he he didn't really do anything wrong. He finished fifth. He we probably made too much use of him. We were right on the front end all the way, and the rain the night before probably didn't help his stamina a little bit then. Um, and of course, he'd run at Ascot only you know a few weeks beforehand when he won the Denver Chase. So you're training them differently than when you're that close to a race. Is what we're doing now, mm. having not run from Kempton until you know Boxing Day to the Gold Cup. And he is a horse that needs to be very very fit, which and very fresh. Well, you can't do the fitness thing when it's too close to a run. And you saw from Down Royal to um, Kempton the improvement in him, um, and the same thing now. And, um, you know, it's a quarter to a star actually. The year that I got him beat in the Gold Cup, he'd done the same thing. He'd run at Ascot, and then he got beat the year after we learnt our lesson and went from straight from Kempton to Cheltenham. And you can just get them that much fitter and better. So we're hoping this year that we've got a stronger horse. We'll, you know, we'll stay the trip well and in, we'll be in a better place than he was last year. So you think inherently there's no issue with his stamina? 
Well, no, I think that, you know, if you win two King Georges, you have to stay to win King Georges. I've known that, you were all those horses. And actually, Sam said to me that day, if it had been three and a quarter miles, he'd have won. And at the end of the race, he's, he couldn't pull him up. That was the best thing I saw. He's gone through the line and he was off down the side. So, no, I don't think there is an issue in his stamina. We just have to get him at his very best and hope it's not um, like bottomless ground. You know, if he just dried out a little bit. And I will ride him totally different this year. We will take our time with him and try and produce him late into the race. So we learned a lesson last year on that. I think we've got him in a better place. So I think, he, I think he's got a leading chance. Who do you think is is the horse with the with the best chance other than yours? Well, I think Alboon Photo is probably the one to beat. He, he won the race well last year. He's obviously had a great preparation. He's had the one run. He's going to go there relatively fresh. So, you know, he, he could equally have improved a little bit because he's that much year older. He's probably the one. But then, you know, the two horses that finished behind um, Santini and Delta Work that finished behind top of the game, they're undoubtedly, you know, have been informed they stay well. You know, they're decent horses. That last year's RSA was a good race. So it's a proper race. Um, take a bit of win like any Gold Cup does, but I couldn't be happier, you know, going in, into it with our fellow anyway. Uh, the obvious horse missing, you've just mentioned, yeah. is top of the game, yeah. who's, who's out for the yeah. year. How much are you ruining his absence? Uh, yes, it's, it's tough, but it would have been hard to run the two of them against each other in a lot of ways. And sometimes I will say all those good horses at some time miss a bit of time. And he's a big horse that won't have... It won't have done him any harm, funny enough, having a year off. He's 100% now. We're going to start riding him next month and do six weeks' road work with him. Then he'll be back, and his first run will be the Labyrinth Trophy, God willing, next year at Newbury. This looks an all right bit of form yeah. now, doesn't it? Look oh, at the is, way yeah. he jumped the last yeah. as well. It was great. Yeah. And funny, I think he'll be stronger horse next year. And as I said, sometimes a little bit of time doesn't do them any harm. Um, so, yeah, we'll be looking forward to having him back next year. He's a proper horse. Uh, I've always been a big admirer of of Harry Cobden, as I'm sure everyone has, and clearly you have, and Colin Tizard was before you. Um, what do you think are his key strengths? Um, lots. I mean, he's been with us since he was like 14 years old riding out, and he's progressed. And he was always going to end up being number one one day. Um, he's obviously closely related to the Barbie farm family, so there's lots of links. But it, it's not about that as much as anything. He's just a big team player. He's learnt so much. He's improved so much. You know, he's a real high-class jockey now, and um, you know, I'm proud of what he's achieved. Um, and as you can see from day in day out, he, he's getting better and he's riding very, very well. I always think if you're, if you're, if you back one of his mm. his rides and he comes to the last, you mm. know he's going to be decisive. Oh, you yeah. know he's going to give it everything. He's yeah. brave and bold. He is, yeah, and he's enthusiastic. And you know, I'm very happy. He's worked out really well. Um, so yeah, he's, he's he's a very you know good young man, and he'll keep going forward. And has the temperament to deal with a pressure job yeah yeah he's got the tempo and we get on great I mean we don't very often have crosswords I mean we get on well um, and that's the main thing and um, you know, he's got his he, racing's not totally his life he's got other things hobbies in his life he farms he runs shoots and he, he he's not just one dimensional he, mm -hmm. he and I think that's quite good he, you know he's not worried about going to say let's say Leicester and just ride one on a, a spare on a, a day off he'd rather be at home working um, mm -hmm. So he's got the right temperament, and hopefully we'll give him longevity in the job. I suppose the other thing also is if you, part of the trick is if you make an error, mm. not to dwell on the error, not to be, yeah. not to be yeah. bothered by the error, yeah. but just to move on to the next. Yeah, well, actually, nothing faces him, funny enough. He, he's, you know, um, I mean, yesterday he was beating himself up of Diego de Charmel. He said he kicked too soon. I said, no, you didn't. That, that was the plan. We said, you know, let him travel. If you're going well, I said, just stride on, see if you can get them. You know, first run on them, and we very nearly pulled it off yesterday. And and, and I said afterwards, don't beat yourself up. You you gave that an absolutely perfect ride, um, which he did. We were just you know half a length away from pinching it. And um, 
you know, he, he's sometimes hard on himself, but you know, by the next time the next race is on, it's all gone, and he's looking to the, you know, looking forward. And you're looking forward as well. How different is this passage of play between now and and Cheltenham to the rest of the season? Is it different for you at all? Well, well, not really, because you're still trying to prepare those horses for whatever race they're running mm. at top of their form. Like there'd be no different to prepare the ones that we ran yesterday at Kempton, um, and you just. You know, you have a program for horses. One of some of the ones that haven't run for a while, Plitilog, Frodon, Clan. You're working out a program. They're doing plenty. We'll try and get a gallop in them somewhere this week. So you, you're in your mind, what you're going to do with those? Others that have run probably won't want to do so much work. But it's no different to what you're doing any other time of the year. And it was quite funny when you were looking at the montage at the top mm. of the show. When each horse came mm. up, there was a plan. There was a plan. Mm. There was a plan, and you were getting more and more excited mm. about mm. various horses that are really mm. bubbling up and, mm. and coming to the boil at the right time. Mm. You mentioned Frodon. Yeah. Horse that's not had a bad no, season, no. but has been rather anonymous in terms yeah. of our perception of him. You think he can run another big race in the right? Oh, yeah. yeah, you always have a plan with him. We did from the start of the season. Didn't go really great. He obviously ran in the old Rome, but he, he ran off a career. I mean, Mark, he wasn't going to win a handicap off, but then, of course, all the fences came out, and he ran okay in Flatteries. Then he completely underperformed it um, at Haydock. And uh, funny, funny enough, we, I said to Clifford, there must be something wrong here. So we gastroscoped him because we, we always tend to do that. Something runs like he did, we try, obviously you all just do that, try and find out what was wrong. And he had grade four ulcers. Now, you often hear people talking about ulcers. That horse, I think, in three years in training, has never, whenever we've tested him, never, ever had an ulcer. Never bothered him at all. For, and then suddenly, a year down the line, and he's, he's um, grade four ulcers. So we treated him for that, gave him some, you know, the normal stuff, got him right. He then turned himself inside out and went to Kempton. I thought he'd win, and he won nicely, and he's improved enormously since then. And yesterday he did a really, really smart bit of work with Clandesabo. And, um, you know, you can just tell he's coming right back to himself. So, you know, he's, he, he, you know, he, he, having won a grade one last year was always going to be a tough year this year, but the mm. only target was Cheltenham, and he's getting there. And the other thing that's played in your favour is that there was only ever really one target for him. Mm. I know there was yeah. talk about the Gold Cup, but in, in yeah. essence there was yeah. really only one target for him, yeah. whereas that race sometimes people are peeling mm. off to go one yeah. way or the other, yeah. so you're kind of left to come yeah. through the middle. Yeah, he still is in the Gold Cup, but, uh, and I know Mr Vogt would love to run him in the Gold Cup one day, but the, looking at the two races, the obvious race for him is, is, is the Ryanair. He gets that trip well, he's very effective, ridden positively, and he's almost certain to run in the Ryanair. And I, I, I think he's got a big chance as well. And just in terms of the, the novices, we saw Solo mm. yesterday. Will that have an impact on what happens to Sir Psycho? Because we saw Sir Psycho yeah. last week winning very impressively at Haydock. Yeah, he won very well. He's gone up now, so he, he's 146, I think. He's 146, 147, um, which means you're not going to run in the, the Boodles of the, what is the Fred Winter. Um, so he, he'd have to really run in the Triumph. And I always thought the race would suit him. They're going to go quick, if, especially if the ground's soft. Um, he has still got an entry in the Supreme, which I haven't discussed with the owners. So the ground was very, very testing on the first day and looked like drying up towards the end of the week. I wouldn't be afraid with him to take on the older horses. He's beaten them once. and. Um, more tested in the ground, the better for him. But he, he's a professional now. He's got his act together, jumps well, and he's going forward quickly. And I think it is going to be testing. I mean, we'll hear yeah. from Simon yeah. Clay's later. But there's been so much rain, yeah. it's hard to envisage it being anything other than It that. does, but it's amazing. Cheltenham can dry out quickly. If you just get a change in weather, and it's, it's not really what happens next week, it's the week after leading up to Cheltenham. And on again, uh, there have been times the first day can be soft and get a few dry days, it dries out a little bit. And he, he'd want the ground, you know, the softer the better for him. So we'd have to, one of those you'd keep an eye on, really. And Politolog we were talking yeah. about, he's fresh, he hasn't run yeah. for a while. Has he been under the weather this season? Well, 
he, yeah, he, he just has a few little issues. Sometimes has a little tiny bleed, and he ran in. Obviously, ran very well against Steffi Dassault first time in in November, giving him weight and ran well. And then he had a tiny little bleed after the Tingle Creek when he was disappointing. So we thought with him, he's brilliant, fresh. Let's get him really right and fresh and well. And he worked great yesterday. Like last year's jumping chase, he was only beaten by the length and a half run, mm. probably his career. And I, he's in that sort of form now. So he's another one. Lots of work, like Clan, nice and fresh. You know, big outsider he is on on his best form. Put a line through the Tingle Creek. So you've got lots to lots yeah. to look forward to. Yeah, you know, small select team going this. You won't have you know loads, but some really exciting chances. You know, obviously Dynamite Dollars as well is in the champion chase. Yeah. You know, he ran very well first day. You know, after a year off the other day, Newbury's he's improved tons for that run. So he's quite an exciting horse in a bit of a dark horse. And you've got um, a few handicappers that, yeah. are, that are interesting. Green Team was very impressive the other day. Yeah, Green Team was very impressive. Sadly, he went up three pounds. We were in around faking him. Um, he's now one fifty, but um, you know, in a year's time, he might be one sixty-five. Who knows? He's a progressive horse. So Chris and I were talking about it yesterday. We, it's a possible. We're not going to decide to near the time. Still two weeks away. But I'd say he's possible to run in that, and, and you know he is a, an improving horse. I mean, he could run in the Arkle as well, but I think the Arkle's quite a you know hot-looking race, and possibly off that mark. If you were thinking you'd win the Arkle, you'd take a lot of beating in the Grand Annual. So if we do run, that's probably where I'll go. Clearly, you're on top of it all, as always. But what now for you, after 11 trainers' championships? What now is the most challenging and difficult part of your job? Well, staying at the top, really, <laughs> near the top, and competing with everybody that's. You know, doing yeah, you know, um, competition really, and yeah. and trying. You know, we got we obviously we got in effect a product that works. We have got a great team of staff and people headed up by Clifford, great team of owners. You just want it to go right and keep training winners. Um, and as long as you're competitive, you you know, you want to stay near the top. And um, well, everyone knows how competitive we all are. Um, want to keep on winning races. On a day-to-day -day basis, has it got any more difficult, or is it much the same? I uh, know it's there's always a lot more pressure. Um, Basically, it's very much the same. You're all, you're working hard to try and um, get do everything right. You, you never stop working. You never stop thinking. You never stop planning. You've got to, you know, as long as you've got that enthusiasm, it, it carries on. And you're you're quick to to suggest that you've made mistakes the previous mm. season. I mean, you talked about it with Clanders mm. over mm. at the beginning of this conversation. Yeah. Uh, is that instinct? Do you think? A lot of it can be circumstance as much as anything. I mean, last year really we planned it. Mr. Barber was obviously very keen to win the Denman chase because obviously he owned Denman and he owned Clan Desabow and the Denman chase was going to be at Newbury which would give him a set extra week but then it went and moved to Ascot so we're getting closer and closer to um, to Cheltenham and of course obviously Paul was keen to win the Denman chase which I can see so we did that oh. and he, he did that well but so that is circumstance but I wasn't going to let that happen this year um, I want you know because I know really how to get the best out of that horse um, so you never stop. You actually never stop learning. You never stop. Cliff and I always try and like do, have little different ideas and try and get the best out of them. And you, you don't stop learning. What do you think you learn off him and vice versa? How do you complement each other in that respect? Well, Clifford. You and Clifford, yeah. Well, we just keep talking. Basically, mm. we walk around every night. We go around every night when I'm there. We meet four o'clock and we go around all the horses and we discuss each one and have a chat and have a plan. And I might say something and he might disagree or vice versa. And He's a brilliant man with legs and all those sort of injuries. He picks them up very quickly, and you know, we'd always discuss those or we make a plan. I could, I'd be going around saying to him that I want to go here with this, and that's my plan, and just talk. And, and you know, Harry's involved in the background as well. He's learning all the time and getting better and better. He's great with owners, um, but he's learning. He's like very much coming along like Dan and Harry Fry and those mm. lads did, and 
you know, it's having teamwork and being able to sit down and discuss things. And one of the new things we, we've done the last couple of three years, we have what we call our board meetings. Once a month, I get all the senior staff, we have a meeting in the pub, and we rip each other apart, pick holes, and say who's doing what wrong and what we can do to improve. And that's, that's been a really big plus. And that's something you only brought in in the last yeah, two or three yeah. years. And that's worked, that's worked really well. And um, so everyone, I could say, right, come on then, what do you think we're doing wrong, what we can do to improve? talk about different elements and you know write it all down and and we, every time we come away from that meeting we we put something else into practice how much grief do they give you um no no, no grief at all just just ideas really and you know it's quite a good fun but no, I, no grief but it's two-way yeah of course it is yeah. yeah absolutely and i mean i'd all say look if i'm doing something wrong you think i'm doing something stupid or that is a bad idea tell me and do you act on it normally Oh, yeah, we always do, yeah. I mean, I'll think about it, but if I think I'm right, I'll stick to it, because that's just like my ideas, or, or I might discuss it with Clifford. That's the one who normally tells me we're doing something stupid. But, um, <laughs> we either listen or we don't. <laughs> but the, but the, as we've talked about this before, your teamwork's great, mm. and, 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 and you have to mention everyone who's mm. such an important part mm. in it, but, you know, like any boss, it's your name on the licence, and you have, yeah. to, you have to make the call at the end of the day, and, and it's yeah. your responsibility. Yeah, and you know, and, and it's my business. I'm running a business, and a lot of people rely on you for their livelihood from that business. And Paul always taught me that, first and foremost, you're running a business, you have to make your business work, and then the rest will follow. And it's true. It's, yeah, 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 I'm responsible for the whole thing. But you have to, you, you, you learn to delegate. You have to rely on people and give people plenty of rope. And, mm. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I've got an incredibly good team. I think we've got the best team of people around us now that we've ever had. Why do you think that is? Is that just in terms of being established for so long? Or? Probably, but it just, just the way things work out, really, I suppose. Different times you have a different team of horses and different team of people, but I think now we have got a great team. And I suppose it takes years to build that up. There's a, obviously a massive focus now on... On, on welfare, we're going to talk mm. about it a lot mm. later in the program with Barry and and, and Brant and, and David. Um, I know, you know, it's only come out Thursday. Mm. It's a 160-page mm. document. I don't expect you to have read it all. Yeah. But in terms of the sport's desire to move forward on the welfare agenda, how do you sort of feel about it as a whole? Um, well, I think the welfare of of the horses has been fantastic for a number of years. It's almost, in some ways, it's great to get things out and any any good ideas or anything that helps us get out that message out there about the welfare is second to none is good but to me the, the the welfare and the care of horses is second to none anyway and always has been especially the level we operate at and um, I've not that been a comfortable thing really and you know, I think the horses and people don't really have the best of everything especially in the I, I'm talking to myself how we treat things and and how the horses are cared for they have the best of everything best health care best feed they have everything and the love and affection that people that work with them and around them or support them is second to none. I think one of the... And there's a great message actually yeah. to get out there. This is one thing. It is getting a message out there how well those horses and how are looked after and how much care and affection everybody has for them. And I, I was going to say, one of the messages in the report is that yeah, that, is, that is one of the recommendations in a sense that that needs to be brought across mm. more, more obviously mm. and more openly. Mm. I mean, I think it is quite well on, yeah. on a lot of media channels but yeah um, but it's interesting I mean you're certainly happy with the way um, horses exist in your yard a, a, quite a bit of focus on the 
uh, post-training yeah, life, yeah. if you like, uh, where would most of your horses go after they leave your, your state? Well, we always make sure they, they go, the older ones that retire, the, you know, you always make sure that if they're not going to race, we'd find a good home for them. I mean, all, I could go on and on about the Denmans at Seymour Business, Silvanaco Conti, and, and uh, Big Bucks has got the most amazing uh, life now. They always have fantastic second lives. I mean, it's, you know, the race is half their life. So you always make sure they go to a wonderful home, have an active, good life, and keep an eye on them all the way through. And a, a lot of the ones that perhaps, like as in a football team that you mm. pass on at the end of each season, will always be sold to go to another train to race or go point to pointing or years of hunting. They always find something to do. And again, I've always been comfortable where we've operated and how most people operate in finding those horses a second home and, and a future life. And ensuring then thereafter yeah. that if there is a problem, they come back to you and say, yeah. I can't cope with this horse yeah. or I can't deal with him or yeah. can you sort it out again? Yeah. So you do have a responsibility as an oh, owner absolutely. or trainer to make sure yeah. that horse is looked after. Yeah, for, for a lifetime, yeah, you do. You, you know, that's just common sense. You, you, you need to do that. And, and it's, I love seeing those horses that have been great racers going on and do other things. And if I see big bucks out hunting or at a show or something like a parade, and it's fantastic. Uh, has he adapted quite well to... Yeah, he's enjoyed his life. You know, he's he's been lucky. He had a wonderful race as a life as a racehorse, and he's now in a wonderful second home, and that's that's good. And that's it's you know, if we can achieve that with every horse, it will be good. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albastiet Cruel Dubai.